Hi, I'm Sean L. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Scout Durwood grew up in the outskirts of Kansas City with dreams of becoming the next Julia Roberts. Instead, after first playing soccer and then becoming a cabaret singer, Scout's first major screen credit came in the MTV reality dating stunt A Shot at Love with Tila Tequila. Durwood shook that off to remain entrenched in New York City's cabaret and burlesque scenes as a funny singer taking a one-man musical to the Edinburgh Fringe, winning the Moth Story Slam, and then retrying reality television years later in Los Angeles with Oxygen's Funny Girls. Scout stood out there, but she really shined more recently as a star of the MTV comedy Mary and Jane, produced by Snoop Dogg. She now has completed a project that perhaps best represents her spirit of whimsy and her many talents. It's called Take One Thing Off, her first album for Blue Elon Records, 19 tracks produced by Dave Darling, that breaks up her funny songs with funnier stand-up bits recorded at the Pack Theater in Los Angeles. So let's get to it! Scout Derwood. Um, you know, I was thinking back to, this is the first time I've seen you in your uh, natural habitat. Yeah. The two times I've met you before were both in New York City, uh-huh. both promoting the shows you've been on. Yeah. And at least the first time, I distinctly remember talking to you because it was for Oxygen's Funny Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you seemed like you were so separate from everybody else. Oh, right. Sure. That was exactly that experience. Uh <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So now, you know, you've done that. You've done uh, Mary and Jane. Mary and Jane, yeah. For MTV. And I saw you there at the uh, New York Television the t- Festival. Uh-huh. The, yeah, right, 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 right. And, um, That's a cool space. But now I feel like you have this album, uh-huh. Take One Thing Off, that feels like the most you. Yeah. It's, that's, that's definitely been the journey. Uh, I started in burlesque in New York. And then came out here and did stand-up. Funny Girls happened for me right about when I moved here. But it was a long process. There was, like a, there was a whole version of the show that didn't air, didn't exist. It was a different cast and everything. Right. But you were part of that one as well. I was part of that. So you were held over. I was the only one that, that held over. And not for any reason other than, like, I mean, one of them was Tiffany Haddish. And she had just booked... Was that Something. the one that April Macy was also part April of? April Macy. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were the three LA, and then I don't know if they figured out the New York. Anyway, Funny Girls was a long journey. But after Funny Girls, I kind of was like, okay, <laughs> let's sit down and reevaluate. Uh, and ended up getting more interested in producing my own stuff. And then book Mary and Jane. And then while that was happening, because the gears had already flipped over from like, the, the system's not the most fun. I love what we do, but mm-hmm. a lot of what we're doing is just kind of being the cushion around commercials. And that's the job. So it's not all the things that are bad are true and kind of have gotten to me. So since then, I was bummed out about who was succeeding and why and what was getting made. Not, not in a new story. Uh, so I, at that point, had written a short film uh, and had kind of landed this record deal. So the short film is now a year later getting made and three weeks we shoot it in oh, Idlewild nice. with Michael Blyden directing who directed the pilot of Mary and Jane, very talented guy. And then the album's coming out now May 19th, but that's, they've all just been like slow and steady. But when you were growing up in Kansas, 
what were you oh. what were you dreaming was going to happen? You know, I well, I think because you've done all these <laughs> other things in between. What was the initial <laughs> dream? Uh, I I really I thought I would be an actress. I thought I would be. I, I wanted to be the next Julia Roberts was what I wanted to be. Then why do all the promotional <laughs> materials say that you were wearing a tiara every day? I know. Well, <laughs> first of all, I'll say that I've pulled some of like when someone wrote a press release and they're like, yeah. no, is it okay? And I'm like, I don't know that we need to harp on that fact. I, well, so I thought... Wait, so that was a fact. That it wasn't, isn't, that yeah, wasn't yeah. like oh, yeah, I, propaganda. No, I was. But it, I... Um, I, I the more, it's hard to look backwards at your own life and like figure it out. And I think there's a danger in trying to figure it out. Oh, I'm, especially, that's, why I'm here. that's why I'm here. Right. I will figure it <laughs> no, out. No. I will oh, guide no. you through it. It's going to be okay. I'm here the whole time. Oh, oh my God. Kleenex cry. Um, because, because it is a, a very random reward system show mm-hmm. business. So I thought that the way you made it was like, go out there, be nothing that anybody's ever seen before. And I was really uninterested in anything that was part of the system. Uh, until I moved to LA and was like, ah, the, you have to be in the system. And so that's like the big shift for me is kind of going like, I think all of it to me, my first, you know, how many years in New York, I thought I was like on the path to stardom mm-hmm. and I like wasn't even close. I just thought you, you sang and dance in bars. And then eventually if someone was like, I've never seen you before. Here's a TV show. I didn't know how to pitch. I didn't know. How much of that is growing up in Kansas, though, where you're outside, <laughs> where you're outside of the yeah. system? I think a lot. And all you know yeah. is, I don't know what. What? what do you how know? did you? What you know? You, well, you know, was it just from watching show business. I don't know. From afar and going, this is. Yeah, I guess. And then I didn't. I, I didn't want to. I wanted to go to college. I don't know. I guess I just took took the slowest route here I could. But totally by accident. I think at any point, if you would have asked me, I would have been like, I'm doing all the things. I'm, you know, going to college so I can be really smart and mm-hmm. write really smart stuff. Where'd you go to college? Amherst. Okay. College. Mm-hmm. D- and kicked its ass. Did, did real well at school. But for what reason? I don't know. How did you pick Amherst? Well, I started um, at a little school in Indiana to play soccer. I thought, I thought, well, you, you know. I thought I would play professional soccer as well. I, I don't know. Watching the the women's uh, World Cup. Oh yeah. That- well, and I was of the generation where there was like the Fab Five, where it was like Brianna Scurry, Julie Foudy, Mia um, um, Hamm. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I don't know. I I guess I've really just been delusional forever, and not known what. I don't know. But it's it's finally coming together, and I don't mean finally. Like I think right. a lot of the people. I do think there's kind of a backlash now against celebrity. Like the La La Land thing at the Oscars I thought was cool. Not because they didn't win. La La Land's a perfectly fine movie, but I, it was cool to watch people root for the underdog. Right. I, you know, I think there's a little bit of, hey, celebrities are maybe not the best people to reflect humanity because they live in like a real different <laughs> world. Right. I mean, uh, it's cool that uh, this white guy really loves jazz, but... that's. That, <laughs> but I, what about a gay black kid in Miami? In the, I know. In the well, but that's how I feel. I, I was I was grumpy about La La Land. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't I don't know that this is what we need now. And even now when I watch I love old movies. I'm from you know, I my first job was like singing jazz standards, but now when I watch that stuff mm-hmm. and old movies and like Fred and Ginger and like even like the Lady Gaga Tony Bennett tour, I was like, This is all appropriated. I mean this is this is bad. <laughs> I shouldn't grow up on these old movies and like wish for those days of yore because those were like real oppressive to women and minorities. Well, and you already were 
on a different path because you said you wanted to do something that hadn't been seen before. Yeah. And I, I think I just didn't, I did not, it took me a long time to go, okay, I'm going to buy into this system, which was why funny girls was so weird for me because, because there's a, there's like a year and a half gap in mm-hmm. when I get cast on it to when it gets made. My original story was like this weird kid just moved here from New York. How's she going to make it? But by the time the show had aired, I was kind of like a little less interested in stand up because I'd already seen like, oh, I don't know if this is really my path, but you have to wait. It, and even now, I mean, a lot of the way I can do the stuff I'm doing is like, I mean, I'm on a label now so I can make an album of music. It's right. not capital. It's With not jokes island. Between. With jokes in between. Yeah, but but still, Which that's kind of a chunk of money that I don't have. Yeah, and now we're like putting together the live version of the show. Oh, nice. Yeah, we have that first show April thirteenth, and we don't. I mean, it's really crazy to book it because you're like, I don't know what the show is. Let's think <laughs> about it, and you, you know, find your team that works yeah. for you. So, you go to Indiana for soccer. Yeah, and then, and then it was like I don't want to play soccer anymore, but I did for four years. At Amherst. At Amherst. Okay. So Switched to Amherst. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to stop? What was the moment? Playing? Yeah. Well. Or that that wasn't the future for you? Uh, I was a goalkeeper. Okay. Which is miserable. I love goalkeeping. But yet Hope Solo seems so happy yeah. all the time. <laughs> I, love, I love Hope Solo. <laughs> I love Hope Solo. I love she. I love when she has her little acrylic nails on. I'm like, girl, mm-hmm. nah, you're a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a badass. Well, yeah. Off the field, she's a bad. Well, she's got right issues. <laughs> I issues. know, but don't you just want to watch? What do you? But on the field, it comes out. It's it's a way for her to live yeah. it out in a healthy manner. Yeah, I guess. actual goalkeeping in games is very boring. In practice it's very fun and that's what i enjoyed and i didn't like games and i'm kind of like an anxious type person more than than now Mm -hmm. and um i didn't enjoy the games and so my junior year in college i tried to quit i was like hey i think i'm done or maybe senior year i don't remember now and i was playing rugby at the time and i was like i know i know i'm not going to play after college which is kind of this like shocking realization a lot of women have that what are you going to do there's no right title nine allows you to play in college but says nothing about professional. No, you mean you dump... I have, you know, one of my friends, much better basketball player than I was, soccer player, and graduated from Brown and was like, well, what now? I can go to Europe and make, you know, $25,000 a year playing ball, but what does that accomplish? What am I doing? So it, it, it's a bummer. And I kind of had that moment. I really liked playing rugby. So I was like, I quit. And my coach was like, no, you don't. <laughs> You're a goalkeeper. There are only two of you on the team. <laughs> you have to play. Yeah, I figure it, it either has to be the coach or the captains who come to you. Yeah, yeah, but I, uh, my role on the team was much more. I mean, I was, I'm never, you know, I was good at it, but mm-hmm. I think like I was, I was real weird. Goalkeepers are weird. We're weird. Well, if you go from that to singing jazz standards, yeah. And then I moved to New York and was like, I'm gonna take off my clothes and sing songs. <laughs> Job. Was there something in between those two points, or no? Yeah, I did a, I did a, I did a year of conservatory at okay. Michael Howard and. Got a manager out of that, and that's good. Well, I, I, show business is very. There's a lot of nepotism, even just like the way agents work. Like it's like ec- actors' equity. Like mm-hmm. the way you get it is by being in an equity show, but you, it's really hard to audition for an equity show unless you're equity. So like <laughs> breaking in that's real weird. It's the same in LA. Like you know, the parts most parts go to people who have really good reps, and the way you get reps is by having good parts. So there's a funny balance. No, the, that's that's true in any yeah. Business like I remember 
trying to get my first newspaper job and they're like, well, you need newspaper experience. Yeah. So how am I supposed to get I know. It, it is. It feels really unfair. Like I wish there was a, a guide. Then I could have just been like famous young and then I would have been already done with my career by now. I could be, I could be Britney Spears. She, no, that she's done. I just saw her in Vegas and she's incredible. Oh. I took myself on a date to Las Vegas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Did you do anything else besides seeing No. I like got a wild hair. Mm-hmm. I like, I love like road trips alone. Mm-hmm. So I just went. I told my girlfriend. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go. But I didn't invite anybody. No. Mm-mm. Stayed in a hotel by myself. It's great. <laughs> Swam in the pool. Saw Brittany. It's very nice. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. Would you do it for anybody else? Like for J-Lo? Yeah. Oh, for J- No. <laughs> she was in the same hotel, I think. Yeah. Because that's the, the one that they... It was Celine. Dion. I might do it for Celine. Uh, I would do it, yeah, I would see, I would do it for Bette Midler. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do Bette Midler. Well, she's the divine Miss Anne, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who else. And Maybe she's probably, probably more in your wheelhouse. Yeah. I might do it for Meow Meow, who's not at all as famous. No. And I've seen a lot, but if she came here, I'd be excited. Have you ever imagined or dreamed of having your own Vegas yeah. show? I did a, when I first came here, I did a show in New York called The Show Would Kill in Vegas. The idea being that it would eventually go to Vegas, ironically. It clearly didn't. I did it like one night at the 92Y. Well, it could still. Yeah. Well, now it would be take one thing off live, which is the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I should have been more focused. I don't know, but it's such a cruel world where you can't, it's just, it's, I couldn't figure it out. It took me a long time to figure out how to succeed in this world. A lot of people have been better. So who sent you to New York? Was it? I went reps to, or no, didn't have reps in New York. I moved to New York, spent about a year, like kind of going like just, I don't even know what, trying to figure out how to do, be an actor. And so I had a theater company called Mighty Little Productions. We were great, very weird again, thinking, ah, oh, this is what to do. I worked in nightlife. I was like a go-go dancer. That turned into a burlesque career. Uh, I mean, job full time, poor, very poor, but who cared? What did I need money for? I had, you know, eyelash glue. What year was this? Uh, I don't move. It's a while ago. <laughs> a lifetime ago. Yeah. yeah. And then I, and so then when I realized I needed an Did agent. Did you do a Catherine Hepburn? Yeah. <laughs> but only by accident. Oh, okay. Only when I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, oh, Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay, so. Okay, then. In a year to be determined later, you yeah. were in New York. In New York. In the, burgeon, in the burgeoning burlesque scene. Yeah. Well, I, the theater well, That's why I asked what, what yeah. year, because I moved to New York in 2007. It feels like it got bigger since then. Yeah. I, I think neo burlesque. I think. So I. Or more popular with more shows. Popular. Yeah. Even now, it's the bubble's popped. People now aren't. Can't stay in New York and make mm-hmm. a living, or if they do their. You know, maybe teaching or have another job too. The, the bubble definitely popped. But that's okay. I would love to have a burlesque outlet in L.A., like open a, a cabaret spot. But L.A. has a very different context for live performance. They yeah. want it, It's like... Mm. What is it like? It's really <laughs> safe. Mm-hmm. And it's very... It's a lot of people want are doing it as a vehicle towards film and TV. And there's a lot more money in film and TV. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm, I mean, that's certainly what I want. I want to make film and TV. Who doesn't in this biz? But um, it's you see a lot of maybe people who are 
Why? It's not good. <laughs> and pe- people want to see celebrities. So you see a lot of um, famous people trying right. some stand-up or, you know, really seasoned stand-ups trying out new material. Right, or like those years when they were famous people being pussycat dolls. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> pussycat dolls. Yeah, and so there is... I was trying to think of like what was sort of like West Coast yeah. burlesque. Like, well, per- and we do have burl- a lot was... of the things they call burlesque in LA. I'm like, okay, well, that's close. I'll right. take it. But it's, I don't, and who cares? Right. Like, be, you know, be your best self, do your right. thing. But the, the nice thing about being in, in LA for me was like, there's so many fewer distractions. Like, I don't want to go out anywhere. So I stay home and write. And that's better. Well, there's <laughs> New sunshine. York, there was just stuff to do all the time. And right. so you just... You know, I was sucked up into into bars and nightlife, and I loved it so much. Where were you singing the jazz standards? Dwayne, uh, yeah, Dwayne Park and Galapagos, mm-hmm. which now Galapagos is gone. But Galapagos, when it was in Williamsburg, Mm-mm, when it was in Dumbo. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. When it got fancy for, I don't even know how long it was there—six years? No, maybe not that. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 not that long. And did you at some point insert witty banter between? Oh the yeah, jazz so I was an MC. I was a mistress of ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And yeah, so that's so that's where the comedy started. Yeah. And that's still kind in. of my groundswell. And then here everyone's like, right about that. So that's that's been what I do now. And but you have, then you have to sell the show and the system's slow. Yeah. And it, and until Mary and Jane, I think I wasn't sitting at the big kids table. I was kind of this this little nutball that everyone liked, but no one was quite sure what to do with. And then, you know, now I get to be a little bit more in the club. Did you nice. do ever do comedy proper without yeah. the music in New York? Uh, or was that not until you moved out here to I don't LA? know. I did. I think I tried. I wasn't very good at it, but I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Even now, some stand-ups think of me as like an actor who does stand-up, I think, which is fair. Right. Um, and I'm much happier doing my my like my live shows than, than stand-up. But I love stand-up. It's like a very pure craft. You, Mike, laughs, go. <laughs> Do you love it more than Tila Tequila? Yeah. Well, I like got so excited when Tila Tequila started having her meltdown because I was like, oh, this is fun. And then she like went full Nazi and I was like, ooh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a nightmare. The woman who ran my conservatory talked me into doing that. Because I worked in queer nightlife, they were like, Ellie Conant mm-hmm. was like, you should, they're looking for women to do this and you should do it. And I had a girlfriend, like it wasn't, and I was like, okay. They were like, go represent this, the, you know, us. And I was right. like, okay. And I got there and was like, oh, this is a nightmare. I don't want to be here anymore. And they were like, great, we'll send you home. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how that went. So what did they tell you for funny girls that you're like, okay, this is going to be different? Oh. The first time. The first time. <laughs> since you were part of two different uh, productions of it. Uh, that it was a docu-series, which mm-hmm. I now know is a common word, docu-series or unscripted series well that's what they say to be more accurate than reality right but it's reality yeah fine um about uh six comics like trying to make it in la and the other two were tiffany haddish and april macy and the stuff that we shot was was much more like interesting to me you know who are you and how does that make your comedy um and then did you know who you were at that point well, I've always been Scott Droid. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, if the plots are learning who you are and oh. what your comedy is, did you know? No, but I, I mean, do Droid, I now? I don't know. Was? No, I don't. I don't think so, and I don't think I do now. I mean, I think I kind of am getting closer. But 
take one thing off makes the most sense of things I've done so far in terms of doing the things I'm good at. I was hanging out uh, last night on the patio of the comedy store, and there was another comedian mm-hmm. who, he's just a stand-up, but he moved, I think he's a native New Yorker, and he moved to L.A. a couple of years ago. And he said that it's ironic that he moved, he had to move to L.A. to become more real. That's shocking. That he, that he felt that moving his comedy career to Los Angeles made him become more of who he really is on stage. That's interesting. L- Does the, that not jibe with your experience? Um, in terms of like figuring out... LA... Like all the good things about it are true and all the bad things about it are true. It definitely bums you out. Making friends here is just a different beast because everybody is like truly believes and often rightfully so that like this little light of mine, I got to let it shine. So bonding with other people is not the priority. LA is a city of people who didn't come here to make friends. But And you moved here with a docu-series. So you're, meet, yeah. you're trying to meet friends with a, a camera crew. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, well, I did, came... that, did that attract more people? Because they're like, oh, maybe I'll no. well, be I, in there, or did it I They it hated me on Funny Girls, and I didn't care for the experience as well. They, no, I mean, I'm, I just mean the bystanders. Did they? Uh, yeah, Funny Girls definitely got me at the... I mean, yeah, but nothing lasts lasts mm-hmm. i mean of all of us we're all still around but it's it didn't like launch any of us into super fame i mean yamanika's on the meredith i mean yeah it's the world is really saturated i i, I like that everyone i like 10 episode shows on a lower budget i think there's a kind of like toxic ambition to a lot of stuff that gets made higher budget i would much rather Look, you know, um, Get Out was a $4 million movie. I respect that. That's that's what I'm interested in. I think a lot of high-budget stuff, people don't like it anymore. And then the other side of that is YouTube. And I think YouTubers are a conflicting thing just because it's, it's a different thing you're good at. Right. You know, I, I just want to sing and dance and tell jokes. And figuring out how to do that now is harder than before. But there are... More opportunities, but then no one, you know, your big break is a myth now. You you keep getting little breaks. I guess I'm wondering, though, if it's easier to figure that out without a camera crew following you. Well, they did Because really when you following. initially moved here, I, they, were, they were popping in on you. No, no. no? Funny Girls was very curated. And, okay. and especially with me because I didn't have, yeah, no. So you weren't booking gigs with a camera crew? No. They looking, at the, looking at the booker and the booker goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you can do this Saturday. No, and that was actually one of the hardest things about it was the, they weren't super interested in us doing a lot of comedy. Hmm. They were more interested in the backstage Yeah, it's oxygen. Lines. It's Bad Girls Club. And again, like, make your shows. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't mind anything on TV. That, that You know, dream your dreams. But yeah, it was a reality show. I mean, they would tell us, Hey, Scott, you, you know, you're going to get in a fight today. We got to get you. And you'd like, at one point, God, I, I, they, they didn't care for my behavior on the show. They were like, can you? I got in a big fight with them. And they were like, I'd teach Yamanika burlesque. And they were like, isn't she brave? And I was like, no, I think that's an insult to Yamanika and to burlesque to call her brave. Why? Because she's heavy? No, that's stupid. <laughs> and, that, and so they got, you know. Right. Because you're not buying into what they're Yeah. You, no, Yamanika and I went. 
like the power went out at a club when she was supposed to do a burlesque and we were like, which just was true. And she's like, well, I guess God didn't want me to perform tonight. And I was like, God doesn't care. She's, she's got bigger things on her plate. And Yamanique is like, God's my God's a man. And I was like, well, both religion and gender are man-made construction. So who are we to, who are we to splice that hair? And the director's like, cut, scout. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> She's like, can you please just call her brave? And I was like, no. <laughs> so I, so I kind of got cut out a lot. Or I, or I'm in the back drinking because I found that experience very stressful. And I was still drinking like a New Yorker back then. Okay. White wine blackouts. Ooh. Hey, Amen. How are you doing now? Drinking wise? Yeah. Oh, good. I never. You do have a track where you say <laughs> you say I've either just said the most alcoholic thing ever. Yeah. Um, or, or or I, I figured, figured it, it out. out. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, no, I don't drink as much anymore. Okay. And I think I I think I definitely like no judgment. No, we're no, not, sure. we're no judgment. Okay. I think I definitely lean too heavy on alcohol for mm-hmm. a long time, but I don't think that's uncommon. No, I don't drink nearly as much in Los Angeles. But again. Where would I go? Also, my job in New York was in bars. So was getting Mary and Jane then a welcome departure? Yeah. For you? Well, yeah. I mean, To go the, from reality shows and being in cabaret to, oh, I've got a gig now as an actress on a show. Yeah. Well, it, it opened doors for me. I mean, it, you know, I have an incredible director directing a short film I wrote. We're spending money on the, the short film that there's no way I could have put that budget together otherwise. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not, I think you have to work really hard. And if you're weird, you have to work even harder. Especially if you're like, yeah, there's a kind of weird everybody likes. Quirky or like adorable. That's good. Eccentric. Yeah. But if you're, you know, the further you are outside the box, the more you have to build your own box and kind of go like, hey, try this on. And they're like, "Eh, I don't know. Did you, did you learn anything from Snoop about that? (laughs) Um, You know, Snoop was like so chill. He just doesn't care. And he's kind of like, but he's famous on a level where he doesn't, I mean, his world gets kind of like done in front of him and he knows when to show up or mm-hmm. he just kind of gets told when to. He he was the nicest guy though. So I guess you're not expecting it to be just like one and done and then. I don't think it is anymore. I, I just don't think that's a thing. I think even when you look at anything, I mean. Yeah, L.A. LA and, and, and having friends who are, have made it, famous mm-hmm. friends and stuff. It's just, you see it, and you're like, oh, that's not that cool. Like, it's cool that you have money, but you, you never have more freedom to do what you want than when you're broken in New York and building it all on your own. Like, that's the most free you're ever going to be as an artist. So, you know, Jordan Peele talks about how long it took to get, get out made, and that's, like, so inspiring to me. So... I think if you have your own dream, it takes forever to see any of those things happen. And in, and how much did being in New York help you learn and adapt to that coming out here? Well, it certainly it it certainly delayed me from getting to my original goal, but it also moved the target a little bit to a happier place. Not knowing what showbiz was or something, I just thought like, go, be talented, success. You will be the next Julia Roberts, yeah, like you said. Year. Yeah, I want to be a pretty woman. And that's just not the deal. Roles aren't written, written for women over 30. If they are, they're bitchy wives. Um, you have to be skinny. Like All of these things that I kind of didn't value are just real here. So 
you know, there was a there's a brand of comedy for women that's really popular right now that's kind of falling out of favor now. But I couldn't I couldn't be Amy Schumer. No mm-hmm. one would relate to my jokes. I'm gay. That's not anybody's fault, but it's just not <laughs> No, it's not anybody's fault. Yeah, it's not. But I just mean like it's a different... We're not trying to blame anyone for you being queer. It's, it's okay. Scott, it's okay. Dad? No. <laughs> no. Anyway, it, but but it, it's also really easy to sit. So much of like acting school is like, what's your brand? What do you want to represent? Make your own web series. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. Be talented. Just be talented. And then wait. Because you're... What you think is going to happen is like about 10 years away from happening. What you think is going to happen tomorrow is going to happen in 10 years. Unless did you always feel that way? Or no. is that? No. So how did you, how were you able to achieve that kind of serenity about it? I don't know. I guess just like repetitive failure. It kind of makes like some people... people can be crushed by the repetitive failure. Yeah. So I also people can be crushed it... by the overnight success. True. Arguably, I was. I mean, before Mary and Jane, I was like, this is miserable. I'm sad all the time. After Funny Girls, I like stopped doing comedy for a while because I was like, there's no laughter in the world. And so, I don't know. You just... Yeah, how do you pick yourself back up and go... Thai food. <laughs> Bad to you. <laughs> go, okay, Scout. <laughs> I still got something to show the world. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I still have that. Were there day. people or venues that helped give you the kind of support or inspiration to go, you can do it, Scout. Hmm. We got your back. No, I, I think it was, I think it was like really having days where I was like, I quit. I'm unhappy. And then kind of going, well, what does quit look like? And yeah. you're like, well, I guess I'd move to a more affordable city and keep writing. And so, but you would keep writing, though. Yeah, and so then... You wouldn't just get a job as, like, a... No, but even now, it's not I out of the what, question. Like, I'm not a... I, mil- know, I forgot what you studied, so... <laughs> I did, I designed like? my own... Ma- a great question. I don't even have a resume anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but when you pick apart quitting and you're like, I'd f- I would just... Like, I write for Oxygen Digital still. Okay. For a while, that might go away now because they're changing something which is fine but i just mean like i i don't know it's never off my radar to like get a job and self-fund stuff i mean we so you wouldn't quit quit no and that's i think you would what still changed be an it. artist yeah that's i think like one of the big things that changed for me was i was like there's no such thing as quitting become like a real estate agent and be like, no i wouldn't be like this is my life now. No, no, no 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 but i would work at a nonprofit. i would you know there are there are ways to do it, and then I think being poor for so long, like super poor, and then now not being poor, you kind of go like, oh, first of all, it's easy for me to save money because, like, I'm not you know. You, rem- you remember the times money. when you yeah couldn't spend money. Yeah, it's easy to spend money, but it's also easy not to, especially like I don't like physical things that much, so I don't have a lot. And you don't need a lot. No, I not. So now I think about. I, if uh, buying a van and refurbishing it and driving around and um, going on tour, yeah, <laughs> or just writing, I don't know, self publishing novels, rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, I think about moving to an island. Like I go to an we go, I go away for Christmas and like I was like, I don't need anything, I don't want anything. So, and then also you look at it and you're like, well, the soonest I could leave 
Like I've got work and obligations through mm-hmm. May. So you're like, oh, after the May, when the album comes out, if nothing happens, then we can talk about it. But yeah, there's a fearlessness in, in knowing you can't quit. Well, that's like even when people are like, I haven't worked in a year. And I'm like, oh, well, I work every day. Like <laughs> I, you know, I've been working on a musical since Funny Girls. They were like, we need you to do a show. And I mm-hmm. wrote a one woman musical. And then, I mean, I think that's three years later now. Mm-hmm. That show still exists. It's seven drafts later. Mm-hmm. It has a new musical director, and like, as soon as it's 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 turn in line, we'll like look at you know we've done readings and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Oh, so cool. you just so even if I gave up, it's not like they, anybody can stop me from writing a musical. It's good attitude. I hope. So if you were uh, to go back to your high school in Kansas, mm-hmm. and Ugh. what would you tell the the teenage girls there about? <laughs> What advice would you give them about pursuing their dreams if they wanted to become the next Scout Derwood? I, I think I would tell them, be weird. Mm-hmm. Know that being weird is a delayed success, but it is a more gratifying success. Uh, everything in life is random. And I would say don't go to college. <laughs> None of like... Well, what should they do instead of college? Well... Like, college, go do the thing you want to do. Unless you want to do something that is academic or is. I think the trap of college is, like, you you get qualified for something you didn't want to do in the first place. Like, what do you need a college degree for? Business, marketing, Mm -hmm. consulting. Fine. But that's not... I don't know anybody who, like, works in finance and is like, my dream. It's like, (laughs) they want money so they can, I don't know, buy a fishing boat. Right. But it's like, okay, well, go fish that. I don't know. I, I think... College is fun, but it is just a playpen. <laughs> it is. You work, you work really hard, and none of it matters. I mean, when, have your grades ever mattered? Never once, right? No. Yeah. I mean, perhaps my connections to people there. Absolutely, and I think that's a good lesson. But I, I, like, I think if I came out of college and was like, I want to be an actor, and then got a job at whatever, uh, interning or worked at mm-hmm. an agency or something... Or I, I think there are better ways to do it. I, I think we have like, I like not growing up. I think that's cool. But I think you can't, don't be, an, don't be like a toddler. Be like a young at heart forever. And now I think millennials are babies. They're like, ah, I'm so overqualified for this. And it's like, okay, well, no, you're not because it's your job. <laughs> I mean, I've been there. Like, I know what it's like to wait tables with a college degree and go, ah, I don't want to do this. This is dumb. And it's like, well, it's where you are. Like, you can't, I don't know. Figuring things out, it's exhausting. (laughs) This is her new move, by the way. Well, no one's going to do it for you, though. Figuring it out? Yeah. Do you have it figured out? I'm figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, it's a process. Yeah. I feel a lot more assured about it now than I did a year ago. Oh, one year? I mean, that's not that much time. No, just like if you go year to year, oh, I, feel, I, see, I, see. I feel more assured of where I'm going and why I'm going there yeah. than I did a year ago. And that's kind of how I feel it, it's all supposed to be. Yeah. Every year you feel like, oh, this is okay. This is the path I'm on. Right. I, there's, um, I was in like a, a general, which is like just when you go meet Catherine and like, oh, I love her. Hope there's a role for her. And I was talking to her and she's like, oh, it's like, where have you been? 
And then she laughed because she knew what an, how offensive that is. Because she's like, I remember saying that to John Hamm before Mad Men. And he was like, here. I've been literally trying to get here this whole time. Even I feel like that when it's like, well, why didn't you just make it earlier? And I'm like, right. I don't know. I didn't know I wasn't. Maybe you weren't ready for it. Well, I don't think it's ready for it. I think it's just you can't. The people I know who started with me who are now super successful, there's no rhyme or reason to it. They just, it, that's what happened, you know? Right. And a lot of it is, a lot of success in any field is just nepotism. <laughs> so blame your parents. To 100% I blame my parents. Well, Scout, I feel like you're on a good path now. So. Oh, I feel good about my path. And I'm glad that our paths crossed. Me too. Ah, thanks, Scout. Oh, thanks for having me. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first.